Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter number 23, The Last Supper. All eyes locked on Kintash as she spoke. Her voice was its usual self, clipped, reserved, and dignified as she addressed Thredak and her sisters. They were building a ship, she continued her address, a massive capital ship, just over four kilometers in length. Despite its size, it was fairly lightly armed and armored. Most of the interior was devoted to open space and what appeared to be a large tanks of water for growing kelp, a fairly standard environment and biomass preservation apparatus. A meat barge, Thredak frowned, a worry flicking into her voice. There aren't supposed to be any of them outside the main fleet. The vanguard shouldn't have been building one at all the way out here. That's what the analysts are thinking, Katash nodded. Whatever it is, this ship looks like a gigantic transport devoted to hauling around organic matter. We only got fragments from the analyst that ate the other invader, but we learned enough that we'd be worried. True, Dredak responded. The vanguard was not meant to build new meat barges. I think the masters wanted to prevent them from expanding out of control. But each and every barge was created in their home system. The great factory ships and their warships were built and rebuilt as necessity demanded. But there were never more than repairs and done on the barges. That they would build a new one now means that something has changed. The invaders are far from their main fleet, Katash shrugged. The final wormhole the humans took away from Earth was an unstable jump. We are years away from their core fleet. Maybe they were just going to make another one to clean our territory of the galaxy. Perhaps, Thredak replied. Unconvinced, the vanguard wouldn't have hesitated to make a risky jump home. They lacked individuality, so the loss of a ship would impact them as just as much as shedding scales would her. Only in great numbers would it even begin to matter. The vanguard was doing something new. Her vision of the memories wasn't complete. The soldier drone that she ate was little more than a clipping of the hole. It frustrated her that even now she didn't know the full shape of the enemy. But there was no cure for it. The room lapsed into silence. For a minute, their only sound was a cackle of the fireplace and the occasional shuffle of Pinkrack shifting restlessly on her couch. Finally, Kai tired of the lull. Mother, impatience bubbled in her voice, you've been deferring questions about your health for too long. You told us that we'd finally hear the truth today, and I'm tired of being put off. Just let us know what's happening. Right now, the worry is worse than any news that you could actually give us. I'm not so sure about that, Redak chuckles, developed into a cough. Fine, you've sat patiently through all this planning and rambling. I appreciate you've held your tongues for as long as you have. She took a deep breath, steeling herself. Part of Thredak knew that she'd been delaying this moment selfishly, finding excuses to avoid this very conversation. I'm dying, she replied simply. Dorma says that I have a matter of months at best, but I become more and more reliant on painkillers. Today, I'm simply enduring it, but usually I'm in a fog, hazy and unable to operate my best. Already, I've begun to notice mistakes. Small things, a misplaced item in the itinerary, or a missed question to an expert. 
So far, I've been only one to notice, Thridak smiled tightly, but it is unacceptable. As I slow, I've become a liability to the Empire. It isn't in a sustainable state. But we don't age like humans do, Pekai interjected, standing up for the cushions on a couch. Our geneticists have confirmed that as time passes, Dodge tiles simply grow larger. We simply don't die of natural causes. This must be some kind of mistake or ruse. Rita chuckled, her throat scratchy and dry from talking. She shook her head, motioning with a grasper for Bukai to sit back down. It isn't a natural cause, she responded sadly. The very gift that left our race up from squalor cursed me. The shuttle that crashed into Dodge's great desert was leaking radiation. The vanguard hit it with a fusion warhead to bring it down, and I went inside to eat the twelve. I didn't even know what gamma rays were, but I more or less received a fatal dose that day. From the beginning, I've been consulting with our medical establishment, Thridak continued, nodding to Dorma. Chemotherapy, biological agents, transfusions, we tried everything. All they've done is slow the spread of the cancer. You may have noticed my recent difficulty speaking. It's almost consumed my lungs. Each day, it grows harder for me to breathe. I might be able to survive another six months, but uh, I would be in constant agony. That isn't how I want you to remember me, she smiled, dampness pooling in her eyes. I want to exit this plane on my own terms rather than as an invalid. There has to be another way, Dala blurted out, her shyness forgotten as she stared at Threedak with wild eyes. Even if we don't have the technology to fix you now, we can cryogenically freeze you. Wait until technology is advanced enough to bring you back. You can't just leave us like this. Dallas, Threedak smiled down at her. You've grown so much over the years, but I've always been there as a crutch. Your ideas are good and your reasoning is sound, but you defer to me too much. I can't help but feel like my presence is the last thing holding you back. You will miss me. I know you all will, but this is simply what must be done. There is no must about it, Dorma snorted. We've already talked about cryogenic freezing. It's perfectly vile, but you're just too stubborn to go that route. This isn't about what has to be done. It's what you want. Fine, Tridak agreed. This is partially a selfish decision on my part, but it is what the Empire needs. Without me, you'll all be regents, placeholders making decisions in my stead, rather than rulers and ministers in your own right. I don't want to fade into our Empire's mythology as some sort of heroic figure that can be called back in a moment of crisis to save Dutch Tull. I have had my moment in the sun. Tears were streaming down her face as she beamed down at her daughters with pride. It was beautiful. Together, we accomplished so much, dragging the Dodge Doll kicking and screaming from the collective of savages, bashing rocks together into a technological and artistic powerhouse. We claimed the stars themselves were our daughters. Almost more importantly than the Empire, she continued, vision hazy as she made eye contact with each Dodge Tull in turn. I forged bonds with everyone in this room. These emotions and feelings, yet another gift from the humans for which we will never be able to repay them. But my moment in the light is drawing to a close. Threedak pulled an object out of her satchel and set it on the table in front of her. My day is done, and now it is time for my daughters to take up my mantle. 
Together, you are stronger than me, and I'm sure that you'll all make me proud. Mother, Katasha's eyes were fixed on the table. Please tell me that isn't what I think it is. Redak picked up the needle pistol, an ugly block of plastic and metal designed for a smaller human hand. She turned it over in a grasper, the metal smooth and cold under her grip. A red six glowed faintly on the indicator bolt into the weapon's hilt. For years it had been her constant companion, but she'd never found the need to use it again after that fateful day in the swamp when lament was nothing more than a pile of bricks and a lofty idea. I'm a sentimental Dutch doll, she chuckled, her eyes still hazy with tears. The symbolism of this human artifact that protected me in the first years of our civilization, being the tool to usher me out of this world, was simply too much for me to pass up. I'm not sure I understand, Pinkrack spoke, frowning as she stared at the human weapon. Please speak plainly, Mother. What are you planning? Isn't it obvious? Thredak asked, a hint of mirth in her face. I stand before you, a prophet that ushered in a new age. At tonight, I have gathered around me my disciples. This is the Last Supper. The human religious event, Dardis asked, choking back tears of her own. Why couldn't you just make things simple and gone with dodged all ceremony? Why the need for mysticism and religious overtures that you don't even believe in? Because... We are more than Dutch Tal, Dredak chided gently. By consuming the memories of humans, we have become more Dutch Tal in body, but hybrid in mind. We can reason and feel in a way that Dutch Tal before could not. Plus, I may not believe in human religion, but its words have a certain power that they apply now. After all, she smiled, staring lovingly at her daughters and Dorma. She who eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall have eternal life. By eating my flesh and drinking my blood, they will live forever in me as I live forever in them. Ah, Katash began, but paused, a hitch in her voice. Are you asking us what I think you are? Her daughter's eyes flicked to the needle pistol once more. Yes, Thredak said simply. I haven't taken my painkillers today because I want the memory transfer to be as clear as possible. When the agony becomes too much, I'll finish things with the needle pistol. It is too important to pass down everything I know to all five of you, and I simply wouldn't have the biomass to transfer to be accurate post-mortem. I'll need to be alive for as long as possible. No! Bakai stood up, pacing back and forth. There needs to be another way. This is barbaric. The very thing adopting the trappings of humanity was supposed to prevent... Please, she turned to Thredak, tears streaming down her face. Ask us anything but this, anything at all. Slowly, Thredak plodded over to Bakai, blossoms of fiery pain dogging her every step. She put one grasper under her daughter's chin, gently forcing her muzzle up. Open, wiped the tears away on the other side of her face. Bakai, my sweet, Thredak comforted her. I am dying, and this has always been our way. It is my duty to my daughters, my tribe, and my empire to step down and pass on my memories. I have taught you all that I could, but my time has come. This is the way that it has to be. She turned to the rest of her daughters and Dorma. They were distraught. None of them truly understood her decision. At first, she railed against the unfairness of fate and sought to cure but once none revealed itself, Thredak had been gifted with plenty of time to confront her options. 
Long ago, she'd come to peace with the fact that this was the end of her story and the beginning of something new. Something wonderful. Please, she spread out a grasp as encompassing the room. Although there is sadness in this moment, I want you all to rejoice. What I am doing today is an act of love and a celebration of my life and accomplishments. Soon you'll be able to view my life through my own eyes to see how I cared for each of you. As my memories become yours, the imperfection of language will slip away, and I'll truly live on forever in each of you. Friedak returned to her couch and picked up her needle pistol. She rolled over onto her side and closed her eyes for a final time. Her tail snapped a floor. Once. Twice. The first set of teeth bit into the haunch of the hindmost leg, almost hesitantly. She hissed in pain, agony exploding from her tail as a chunk of scale and flesh was removed. Whatever trepidation held in the rest of the daughters faded back. Pledak's mind almost blanked with pain as she endured bite after bite. Despite the agony, a smile stretched across the muzzle. She struggled to remain conscious. Her thoughts went to her daughters when they barely made it to her waist, insisting that they were just as capable as her as they struggled to use crude bronze implements. Even now, all she could think of was her pride in her accomplishments. From pink rack sculptures to Bakai's inventions, each and them was a servant in her own right. While the crude savage born in a violent and unstable world, they'd blessed her, truly. She didn't know if her grand plans for their race would ever amount to anything without their constant protection, chiding, and help. But they'd done it, conquered the hostile planet, and struck the first blow against the implicatable and ageless foe. Threedak didn't know what awaited the Dutch Tal in the darkness of space beyond their home system, but she trusted her daughters implicitly. Whatever might lurk on nearby worlds, her daughters would break and bend it to their will. All that was left were her memories. Each of them only had a share of humanity's knowledge. But after today, they would all possess the full codex. She gritted her teeth against the pain, a coppery taste, and smell of blood on her tongue. That knowledge was the final and most important gift that she could grant them. The agony ground into her like broken glass, jarring her system with each bite. Three that gasped for breath, light-headed, and from a combination of blood loss and pain. It was enough. The years of suffering as a figurehead, serving as an ornament and a symbol for her people, while others worked, fought, and died for her. The mornings prodded and stuck with needle to slow the advance of cancer, always hiding her infirmary from the people, lest they divert their focus from the vanguard. When her daughters moved away, governing various facets of society, and often too busy to visit even for a moment of small talk, throughout her life, and now in the moment of her death, she'd endured Struggling to raise a grasper to her head, the needle pistol was heavier than she remembered. A single shot rang out. End of chapter. End of book. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. 
If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I'll see you in the next video. Cheers.